Have you guys made a New Year's resolution yet? If you haven't, may I suggest that you listen to more high-quality audiobooks. And you can do that by going over to Audible and checking out what they got to offer. And you can do that by going to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. They have 180,000 different titles over that, actually. And uh, you're going to be able to find something because you are just one person and there are 180,000 different things. So, you know, it'd be like looking at a menu, a a menu just chocked full of yummy foods, right? 180,000 different dishes and you can't find anything. I don't, I don't believe that to be true at all. So head over, give it a look, uh, give them a listen. You're going to enjoy it. And, uh, you know what? That's that's a guarantee. That's a jumbled guarantee. You're gonna enjoy it. Uh, promise you. And uh, if if I'm wrong, then I'll eat my hat. That's an old saying. You ever wonder where those old sayings come from? Anyway, that's off topic. Like I said, audibletrial.com/jumbled. Get that free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. Guys, we are uh, still on hiatus uh, this week. Uh, plans sort of fell through Johnny. I thought he was available and he was, he's on vacation. I didn't cross wires, whatever. So, um, so, and yesterday was new year's day and I didn't want to, I mean, I, last thing I want to do is sit down and make a podcast on new year's day. I was trying to enjoy my family day and enjoy time with my loved ones. And so, uh, you guys get a Thursday episode and that's, that's fine. It's not a big deal at all. We will be back next week on Wednesday, as per usual, uh, with a brand new episode. It'll be all new. No more hiatus talk. You know what? Even if Johnny's not available, I will come up with stuff to talk about. I do not have talking points this week. I'm not going to turn this into uh, one of my 30-minute solo podcasts that I've done before. Because those tend to just be rambly. And I'm not really in a rambly mood. So, uh, what I thought I would do, since this is the first podcast of 2019, welcome to 2019, by the way, hope you guys had a very happy new year, hopefully you guys, uh, you know, felt as good as Anderson Cooper did when he took that shot, man, (laughs) we'll talk about that next week, uh, I gotta make a note, hold on, you know what, live note taking, Anderson Cooper, N-Y-E, shot, whew, if you guys haven't looked that up yet, just go ahead and prime the pump and look that up. Just look the clip up and we'll figure, we'll talk about it next week. I uh, hope you guys had a uh, happy new year and Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrated. I hope you enjoyed your time, uh, either with your family or with your close friends or, hey, even if you like doing things by yourself. Ain't no shame in enjoying a little bit of me time, you know? Regardless, hope you guys had a uh, had a happy season, happy holiday season, and now we are moving forward into 2019. Looking forward to uh, bringing you guys some new stuff in 2019. We are quickly approaching our 100th episode, and uh, have not yet heard from Joe Rogan. So you guys need to start a, a grassroots campaign here. Get Joe Rogan's uh, get Joe Rogan to notice us, and then uh, hey, you know what? He's gonna be interviewing Kanye. Uh, pretty soon, uh, which I'm super stoked about. 
Um, but if you guys, if you guys would, uh, let him know that we're also wanting to be interviewed or to interview him. I know Johnny would be super stoked to do that. Even if it's just two minutes, you know, if he wants to stick around for two minutes, I know he's a busy guy. Anyway, we're, we're trying to get, make that happen. You know, might be a pie in the sky sort of situation, but, uh, you know what? Uh, a podcast can dream. Anyway, uh, since it is the new year, we've got plenty of people that are uh, making resolutions. A big one that is always on a lot of people's uh, lists to do better at the beginning of a year is to be healthier. Um, and so what better jumbled rewind episode than to throw it back to, uh, I'm not sure which which episode, but it was uh, raw peanut butter and push-ups, uh, featuring our good buddy, Larry Hill, uh, childhood best friend of mine, and uh, Mini Hulk is what I like to call him, the man's jacked, so you guys could, uh, you could gain a lot of uh, knowledge from him, if you haven't yet listened to that episode, it's coming up here pretty quick, so uh, strap in, get ready guys, uh, I'm pumped, I hope you're pumped, and uh you know what? Let's get right to it. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Jumbled. But for now, let's throw it to Zach, Johnny, and Larry for episode whatever it was, raw peanut butter and push-ups. See you guys next week. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Jumbled, your favorite podcast about nothing. I'm Zach. I'm Johnny. Hey, Johnny. How's it going? I'm good. I'm real excited for today. I'm really excited, too. Uh, we'll just go ahead and introduce him. Uh, he's my childhood best friend. He's uh, he's a, just ripped as shit, and we're really excited to have him on. Uh, this is Larry Hill. Larry, how you doing, man? What's up, man? How's everything going? Uh, we're rolling, dude. We had to... We had to fight your IT team to try to figure out how to get recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. So we're real excited to have you on. I know we talked a little bit, you know, pre-recording about, um, you know, having some questions for you. Johnny showed you his, his uh, book of questions is multiple pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're really excited to have you on. Uh, first of all, it's good to see you, man. I haven't actually talked to you in a, in a while. It's been, Ooh, years. Uh, years. I years. think the last time I saw you was at Harvest Homecoming, which is a street festival in in downtown New Albany, Indiana. That was back in like 2000. Gosh, it would have been 2010. Summer of 2010 is the last time yeah, I saw you, man. God, man, it's, it's crazy. It's so does, nuts. Does Larry look different now than he did back <laughs> well, then? Well, Larry, Larry was already, he's starting his process getting getting swell, yeah. but he, he wasn't he wasn't as big as he is now. Yeah. Larry, you, you look like the you look like the Incredible Hulk. That's a good thing, though. <laughs> really jacked, man. Yeah, it's, it's been gonna... a lot of years in the game, man. A lot of years. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, go ahead, Johnny. I was gonna say before we we get into the the actual questions around training, maybe we get a, a sense of of who Larry is, um, the man inside the muscles. 
Um, so tell us quickly, you know, your, your age, what do you do for a living? Um, are you married, single? Um, you know, give just give us a sense of who you are and, and what you like to do for fun outside of the gym. Well, um, I can tell you that it started in the year 2000. I was roughly, what, 12 years old. And I remember walking down the aisle as a WWE fan, and I saw the cover of a Muscle and Fitness magazine that had The Rock on it. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely picking this one up. And I have no-brainer. Begged my mom to get it. She got it for me. And uh, that was kind of the start of my journey. And ironically enough, my cousin was actually coming home from jail. And he had done nothing but eat raw peanut butter and push-ups the whole time he was in there. And I'm like, yo, how did you get so swole while you were in there? And he goes, man, I'll tell you what, like, do push-ups every day and chin-ups every day. I'm like, how many? He goes, he did not mean this literally, but he told me, he's like, man, let's do, I want to do a thousand push-ups and do 500 chin-ups. For that whole summer, that's all I did. Every day I did a thousand push-ups and I did 500 chin-ups. I did a hundred and I would rest for two minutes, do a hundred all the way to a thousand, go outside. I took apart my mom and dad's, uh, they had like one of those old school, um, you know, like a bench, but it was like a swing set type of deal. Took I was apart. just getting ready. Yeah. I was just getting ready to say that. It was the yeah. A-frame. It was that yeah, A-frame. Yeah. With, with, it wasn't a round bar on top. It was yeah. like a, it was like a yep. bent triangle yep. at the top. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, my, my hands got so freaking calloused that I had to like wrap like, um, a towel like around my freaking hand so I could keep going and do it and doing it. But, uh, you know, I was a skinny kid, you know, corduroy pants on, tees, thick glasses, the whole nine yards. And, um, you know, it was one of those situations where I always looked up to guys who were muscular and bigger and um, people tease me a lot because of that. So that's kind of how it started, man. I just had an undying will and, um, you know, resilience to be able to keep going because, I saw a vision that um, not a lot of people saw in myself, but I did. Um, so, you know, here we are 15 years later. I'm uh, Man, training crazy. for my, um, I'm training for nationals actually. So, um, you know, if I do well at this show, I'll be a professional bodybuilder. So are you still doing a thousand plus, uh, plus pushups a day or no, you moved on to- no, 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 no. Well, yeah, at the time I didn't have weights or access to weights and, um, you know, so I just made it happen. And, you know, I try to tell my clients that as well is, you know, if, if you really want it bad enough, you'll find a way. You know, um, people mm-hmm. make excuses um, for things that they think they want to do, but don't make time for it. Because um, if you really want to do it, you know, you'll put pause on Atlanta Housewives or Love and Hip Hop. And you can take 45 minutes out or 15 minutes out of your day to be able to do calisthenics or what have you. If we look hard enough and we really want it, we'll find that we have time to make Time yeah, man, we all months. we all have the same twenty four hours in a day, right? Sure, definitely. And and we we all well, a lot of people waste it in many many ways. So, how yeah, uh, what's your training schedule like? Like how how often are you are you working out? Whether it's lifting or if there's other forms of of exercise you're doing or sports, um, and then how do you balance that within your day? Like obviously, being a professional in, in anything requires extreme dedication and commitment and you don't strike me as the kind of guy who takes very many days off. So what does that look like for you? Well, for me personally, um, yeah, it's definitely time management, something that I had to, you know, become acquainted uh, with. Um, but yeah, a typical morning day for me, I'd wake up around um, five or so in the morning. Um, I go to the gym, do fasted cardio for roughly 30 minutes. Then I'll do, you know, maybe some crunches, some abs and calves, come home, 
eat my first meal and then uh, prepare my meal for the day, clock into work. Um, I usually work from home. Um, so, you know, I worked out the duration of the day and I hit the gym again in the evening for my actual workout with weights. So that's kind of my pre-contest mode I'm in right now, what I typically do the day to day. How, uh, and how long are you, are you lifting for every, and are you doing like six on one off or are you, are you, what's your rotation look like? Well, as far as how long I'm in the gym, um, I'm, I'm really fit. I'm real efficient with my time so I can get in and out. Usually 45 minutes on leg days, I might be in there for an hour, though, at least. Um, but my training split, like, I've, I've, I've been prepped for roughly about three weeks now. I've only missed one day. So <laughs> that's because, you know, oh, my yeah. body was so beat up. It was like I, I could just feel like I needed a day to be able to recover. But, I mean, to that's anybody crazy. else, I would say you definitely do want recovery days in there, especially if you're uh, not a veteran in the game because when you work out, you tear down your muscle fibers. And that's kind of the equivalent of when you had a scab when you were a kid, your mom always told you to what? Stop picking it because it's not going to what? It's not going to heal. Um, right. You turn on your muscle fibers, you break them down, they need time to recover, to prepare and adapt to the workload you put it through. So, Yeah, something I, something I struggle with personally, not being somebody who is efficient in working out or regular with working out is keeping myself motivated. So yeah. what are what are some what are some tips that you have that you give to people who might be trying to get themselves in in a better place physically as to how they keep themselves motivated to every day continue to do it and and stay on it. Um I think it's important not just this but anything in life to to figure out what your why is. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um and if you want to embark on this fitness journey because it is a journey and it is a lifestyle you have to figure out why. Um, and I ask people, well, why do you go to work? Well, I have to provide for my family and, you know, I have to pay the bills. I'm like, okay, so you can look at health that way too, fitness. You know, you want to be there for your family. You want to be able to be healthy so you can make it to work, so you can provide for your kids. So you are 35, 40 plus and are able to run around with your kids and be able to enjoy them and play with them. These are wise to get you up out of bed, not only to go to work, but to have a little bit of extra energy to either a wake up earlier to go to the gym before work or after work. Um, if you can dedicate 15 minutes, two to three times a week, that's a heck of a start. And, um, it's all about building a habit. So that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I, and that's something uh, building a habit is it's definitely something where the repetition of it is, is what, you know, makes it habitual for me. Like, Sure. With this po- with this podcast stuff, you know, uh, we've been this is our 60th episode here, so and we haven't missed a week. This is you know number 60, um, over a year strong, and and definitely getting past you know I think maybe past episode 10 was when it became habitual for me. Um, so I know that I've you know that's that's something that I think it's not a direct correlation, but it's something for sure that. Um, that leads to that point of, of make, making a habit of it. If you can create, you know, a weekly or a daily or, you know, whatever, if you can create some sort of schedule and keep yourself to it, you know, find some kind of enjoyment in what you're doing, you know, right. whether it's just seeing, Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure with you, whether it's just seeing the small gains or whether it's seeing something more massive or incremental, that's just sort of how I think I would look at it yeah, personally, for sure. but. Absolutely. Yep. So what what time do you wake up in the morning to do your cardio? 
Uh, I, I typically, um, like my, my mind's programmed now. I don't, use, I don't even use an alarm clock, but my eyes open up at 5 a.m. Um, you know, I, I search Facebook for 15 minutes so I can kind of like get up and actually mm-hmm. mentally wake up. So I do that and then, you know, I'm off to the gym. Um, I get my water and stuff together. I'm off to the gym. So usually I'm at the gym probably no later than 545. Wow. And how long are you fasting for? Um, well, I see. Technically, it's a lot longer than what you would think because you sleep for a duration of what, anywhere from six to eight hours. During that time period, you're not eating. Um, so when mm-hmm. I wake up, I go to the gym. So if I wake up at five, I usually get back home around 6.15. Um, so then, I mean, you could say, I don't know, what, nine, nine and a half to ten hours, really, I, I fast. Um, you know, most okay. of it's during sleep. But then, you know, when I get up as well, I do fasted cardio because fasted cardio is extremely beneficial, more so than just doing regular cardio. Well, it's really pushing your body into into reserves, right? Exactly. 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 So I got, I, mean, I got a lot of reserves to push through. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shit. I got so many reserves. Yeah, it's like you're still fun. the guy that will, we could put you on a treadmill and you'll run five miles. No problem. You're just That's that true. freak show. That's true. I got good built knees. to run. <laughs> I definitely do not. Jiu-jitsu has not been good on the knees. Um, so, how many meals are you? How many meals do you eat a day? Uh, around five to six. Five to six. Okay. Yep. And are you like what? What would be your your macros for them? Uh, right now, my current macros. I'm at two thousand calories, and uh, the breakdown of that um, is I'm at 150 carbs. I'm at 44 grams of fat and 255 grams of um, protein right now. So you're, you're, you're doing some kind of carb every day. Like, how do you feel about, there's a, I don't want to say fads because I mean, they kind of come and go in popularity, but right now the big thing, again, like the reemergence of keto um, or carb cycling, like, how do you feel about, about all of that? They all have their certain place. Um, You know, I like all of those methods, at least the ones that you named. Um, they're very effective, especially keto. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but they're, they're, they're all effective methods. Um, but my thing is, I think people's biggest um, feat is picking one thing and sticking with it and letting mm-hmm. it have time to actually work. Um, that would be my best advice because usually people be on one thing for a week and switch to something else for another week. But, um, you know, we could be here all day. I could break down all of them. But um, I would definitely say uh, pick one and stick with one to see what type of um, results it yields before you move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I uh, so I don't know how much background Zach, Zach has given to you about me. but uh, So I've known Zach for over 10 years now, which is kind of terrifying to think about. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks, man. It's been great. So, so I was I was a, a high school athlete. Like I always played sports, um, but I definitely let myself go once I got out of high school. Um, I had a, I had a surgery that was honestly it ended up being excuse, like you said. Um, but when I got to Graceland, I decided to get back into shape. So I went from my heaviest I was three hundred six, and I did cut down to one ninety five. Um, and through that, I had a bunch of different experiences, and it's exactly what you talked about was learning to just stick with some like one thing, and and I've learned over the past you know. Well, however long 10, 10 plus years now of experimenting with my body and different diets or exercise routines that everyone's looking for that, that silver bullet complex. Like if I just do this, 
everything will be great. And, and the, the advice that I've learned that I learned from myself, cause going into the gym, being pretty out of shape and, you know, pretty doughy and seeing a bunch of guys like you doing crazy shit, being like, God, I want to, like, I want to be there. Um, uh, but it's a process, you know? And so the biggest advice that I've given to people who, who come to me and, and want to change their body is like, they send me crazy plants they find online. And I mean, yeah, they, they make sense, but it's the conversation of, can you, can you sustain that to the schedule that you need to? And, and what are your expectations for results? Because it is fucking slow sometimes. Um, and I imagine even when you get, get to your level, like the outside world looks at you at like, you're fucking perfect. Um, but you probably have, you know, pain points for yourself that, that you're focusing on and it's really easy to get discouraged, but you have to buy into that system. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And again, the number one thing is people ask me, you know, about how much can you bench or da, 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 da. you know, what do I have to take to look like you with that? I said, you just need one thing. Start with consistency. Cause that's the number one thing that people have a hard time being able to grasp is being consistent. If you can be consistent, then I mean, it's limitless to possibilities. But that you have to overcome and be able to mentally prepare yourself to be consistent before you do anything. Yep. They, uh, they say that the hardest weight you lift in a day is that blanket at 5 a.m., right? <laughs> For sure. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and that, that one gets me regularly like oh i have to do this well and it was probably it's it, i mean since you've been for most of your life at this point in a <clears throat> in a mode of you know consistency being forcing yourself to be consistent and to push yourself um I'm sure that, you know, it's, it is, like you said, it's habitual for you. That's, that's something uh, I think you're spot on with is, is just getting, setting realistic expectations. Um, so, I mean, you can't say like, I mean, I'm always like, ah, oh, you know, I had, I had good results. I, I did P90X for a month in the summer one time and it was starting to work and I was starting to see some gains and stuff, but it's sort of what Johnny said, like, like how much time can I allot and upkeep towards doing so like P90X is like nuts. Like it's, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, maybe more if you're like, I think the yoga one's like an hour and 15 minutes or something, but that's, that's a lot of time to try to do consistently day in, day out. Um, is well, especially there... at five or six days a week. Right. And that's the, right. my, my advice for people who've, who've gotten into it and, and Larry, you're the professional. So correct me if I'm wrong is always been, if you can do something physical every day, and if you can get yourself to the gym to start three days a week and do give yourself that recovery, cause it's going to suck, especially when you first start lifting. Like I, I still vividly remember the first day that I went to the gym at Graceland and how I felt the next day. And my first thought was, there's no way I can do this every day. Um, but eventually you get used to it. And, you know, if you, when you get nutrition, you start recovering faster. So that, I mean, how much would you say diet is like, what's, if you were to say percentage of diet versus working out, what would you say diet would be for the most importance? Oh my goodness. Diet would be probably, you know, north of 80% for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a number I hear regularly. So important. I mean, once I, you know, I was always a skinny kid and you know what a lot of people don't recognize is um when you first start lifting it's 
your body is so foreign and virgin to it that it's going to respond. Um, you can compare it to like a, um, a human being's first uh, year on the uh, in existence. It grows at an accelerated rate. But if, you know, we continue to grow at that rate, we'd be 10 feet tall and weigh like 900 pounds. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, right. after that first year, that first year, you can pretty much do any program. As long as you're consistent, you're going to grow. You're going to yield results quickly. But then after that, it gets harder and harder and harder. And then that's when the mental um, part of it takes place. And you have to just, you know, do the process. The only thing bodybuilding is, and I use that term because anybody who's trying to change your body composition is a bodybuilder. Maybe not competitively, but you're a bodybuilder. So it's doing the same things day in and day out. That's the, that's the secret. That's the magical pill. Like, that's the gift. That's what it is. It's doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, like I said, I've been doing mm-hmm. this for over 15 years. Um, that, that's, there's no shortcut. That's just what it is. How do you, how do you feel about the muscle confusion aspect? I mean, that was the big push for, for P90X. And, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is just, you know, having a, a a fresh routine mentally so that you're not feeling like you're going in doing the exact same exercises all the time. Do you, do you agree with, with that? Like how, how much do you, do you change up your routines or, or mix it up in the gym to help you either mentally or knowing that, okay, my, my, I'm plateauing. So I need to do this to, to get further growth. Um, typically for me, um, I never usually do the same routine. I mean, any day I go into the gym, I, it, it could be something different. Like, you know, I never do the same routine week after week. That's because I don't have it written down. I just go in and I literally go, like, if I'm doing chest, from doing what, whatever the body part is, I do it what I feel. Um, when you become, like, a veteran in the game, you just you go off instinct. You know, it, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a little different. Early in my years, yeah, I'd go off of a muscle and fitness magazine um, routine. But even then, you know, you learned about muscle confusion. And the thing about that is your body, our bodies are built to adapt. So once you put a certain type of workload on your body, your body is going to, yeah, it will break your muscle fibers down. But then your body's an amazing thing. It, tra- it rebuilds itself to be able to handle that workload. So once that happens, it's imperative that you change up the routine and you keep on putting progressive overload on it. So your body can keep getting broken down, or at least the muscle, fi- muscle fibers anyway. Um, that's why, you know, the name bodybuilding comes into play. Absolutely. Um, do you have any, any, uh, so I know right now you're probably pretty strict in your regimen and all that stuff outside of, you know, uh, maybe, you know, preparing for competition, do you have any, any vices, any, any things you allow yourself, like as far as nutrition to go, nutrition goes, like you, and you know, every once in a while you feel guilty about it afterwards, you go get yourself a a cheeseburger or something like that. Oh, there are vices. There are many vices. (laughs) And no, I don't feel sorry at all. Um, first of all, disclaimer, do as I say, don't do as I do. Um, I, I, I'm, same thing I tell my kids. Yeah, I'm a hard gainer, which you know the scientific term is called ectomorph, which means it's very hard to gain weight. So I'm, I'm a skinny kid at heart, in other words. So I love my cake. I love my ice cream. I love all that. I love putting it together. I love doing combinations. I love dancing and eating at the same time. I love all kinds of junk food. Um, 
I mean, we can, I, I we can make this, with Larry. <laughs> we can make this whole podcast about the different types of combinations of junk food I put together. My fried yeah. junk food recipes, even. Um, so to answer your question directly, yes, I, I do eat that. And to be quite frank with you, without trying to get so scientific, because of my body type, I almost need to eat maybe 45% dirty, so to speak. And I'll see be able to maintain the amount of muscle that I have because my metabolism is already quick just anyway, naturally. But then mm-hmm, you put right. all the muscle that I have in my frame, well, muscle metabolizes fat. So now mm-hmm. my body is burning through. If I was to eat just strictly clean, I would never get gain any muscle because my body would burn right. through it so quickly. Um, even now, um, you know, I'm training for the show. Like, you know, I, I'm, st- I'm still around two cheat meals a week. Um, you know, okay. that's probably going to go down maybe one, then probably maybe six weeks. I don't want to be having any, but, you know, to be able to maintain my muscle, like I have to, because right now my, my metabolic rate is so freaking high. And mm-hmm. um, a quick tip, if you want to know if your metabolism is spiked, which everybody can spike their metabolic rate, I don't care what type of genetics that you have, is your, your core temperature, you'll feel warm all the time. And when you feel warm and you find yourself being hungry more frequently, that means that your um your body is actually being more efficient and you're burning through the food that you're eating, which is a very good thing because you're in a fat burning state. Does it, yeah. Do you do you feel like that's an advantage or a disadvantage to to your journey of of having that you know naturally lean high metabolism body? So I, I, it's I find it interesting because I'm naturally a really large dude, so I'm the opposite. Is I I have to really calorie restrict when I'm when I'm cutting down. Um, but I, I build muscle really fast. So that's, that's, I guess the beauty is I can gain weight and lose weight really quick, but my muscle, like I can maintain it easily, but I always look at guys like you, I have friends who can just kind of not, not be slack with your diet, not to take away any of the work, but can be more flexible, um, because they have the metabolism backing them up. I'm just like, Oh, I wish, but the trade-off is it's, you have to do it to maintain that muscle. So how do you, is it like kind of, you know, the same same difference, I guess, so well, to speak. I thought about giving you the PC answer, but I'm not because when I'm dieting hardcore and then I bite into a Papa John's pizza, it's freaking <laughs> amazing, man. Like I can't even I can't even explain to you how amazing that feels right in the middle of prep. Um, but no, like in the earlier years, it's, it it does suck because like when you're skinny, like super skinny, like now that I have muscle on my frame, a lot of muscle on my frame. I love it because I get to eat like junk sometimes. But the beginning years, it sucked. And people were like, oh, you're so lucky. You're skinny. I was like, you look at it this way. Okay. Think about having a huge house, right? And then somebody's like, I need you to demo that house, right? You take a wrecking ball and you destroy it. Versus somebody's like, I want you to build a house without any material. Mm -hmm. It's freaking hard, man. Like I had to eat north of 6,000 calories. A day to That's get to incredible. get where I'm at now. Um, yeah, and it, you know, you, people are like, oh man, I I love to eat. Like if you're tracking six thousand calories to get that in, that is not an easy task to do. Um, it can be done, but it's not easy. So everybody has their own independent struggle. Um, but I would say for me personally, when I was skinny trying to put on muscle, it was ridiculously hard. Yeah, it is. That's I. I find that it's you always want the other side yeah for sure definitely absolutely absolutely um 
That's just because you don't know the other side struggle, right? Yeah. And like, I'll never know that. And I imagine, you know, training at that level and trying to eat 6,000 calories and doing it in a moderately healthy way. Like sometimes you're eating when you're full, but you know, you just have like your stomach can't handle it, but your body needs it. Right. And so that's like the feeling of like being bloated, I guess, or full all the time when you're, when you're trying to pack it on like that is that's a challenge itself. So, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. One of the ways I got around that was, um, so say my goal was to be able to, um, eat, uh, 4,000 calories, whole food. Right. So what I would do is, um, you know, I would eat 6,000 calories, but 3,000 of those calories would be liquid, right? Um, so that's, you know, homemade, um, you know, mass gainer shakes or what have you. So now when I take 2,000 calories of those liquid meals out, now I'm actually hungry for more mm-hmm. food. So my body can absorb it and actually utilize it. Does that make sense? So yeah, so, so basically I overshot purposely to be able to actually crave, um, you know, maybe 4,000 calories instead of me just trying to do 4,000 calories and feeling so overwhelmed and so bloated, like you said. Now my body's already used to processing 6,000 calories. Um, so the 4,000 calories, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm starving. I need that. So it so, kind of worked out in that way. So what would be your, I mean, you're obviously always fit, but like not if you're not preparing for a competition, like if you're kind of in maintenance mode, how much do you weigh and what would be your body fat versus what is your goal for when you go into like the day of a competition? Where do you want to see your body? Uh, it's a loaded question, man. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I typically um, right now I can I probably I'm probably just by knowing my body. I'm probably around 7% body fat, maybe. Um, the goal is probably to be around 4 um, which I would, that's shredded. Like, it's not healthy yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. I don't like to get over 10% um, in all season. And that's me, like, stopping at McDonald's maybe two or three times a week. Me going to mm-hmm. uh, eat ice cream junk. You know, I still don't get over 10% body fat. So I, I like to stay there. Um, and my clients as well, once I diet, like, we, you know, we get you down to a reasonable body fat percentage. I don't like to see them go over maybe – I want to see them stay around 12%. Um, you know, that way, you know, you kind of maintain that without being so strict. You still have a social life. You still do things like that, but you still stay within Panama City Beach striking distance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, you can die down in a matter of weeks and be, you know, ready for the beach and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, um, maintenance is, 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 is not supposed to be hard. And, again, going back to what you said earlier – you want to have something that you can maintain. You don't want to like diet like a competitive bodybuilder. That's not something you can maintain. It's not logical, mm-hmm. right? Um, right? So yeah, 10% in the off season. And then usually I step on stage. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating because I'm trying to bring my best package this year and to be the most conditioned. So I'm anticipating 4%. Um, that will put me, I'm, I'm estimating around 160 um, you know, bodybuilding's an illusion. I always look bigger than what I really am. So even in the off season, I only get to maybe 180, and I look like I'm 200. It's because my muscle bellies are so round and full. Um, but even right now, talking to you, sitting here, I'm only 165. Yeah, um, you don't 166. look 165. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, it's all illusion, man. I got really small joints and and, and um, insertions and a skeletal structure. So it, it, again, it gives the illusion that I'm a lot bigger than what I really am. 
All right, guys, let's stop to take a second to talk about our sponsor for today's podcast, Audible. You guys know about Audible. We talk about them all the time. We love them. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. The book that I'm going to be recommending for the month of January, kicking it off right here in 2019, is I Must Say, My Life as a Humble Comedy Legend by Martin Short, narrated by the man himself. It's a memoir. It's talking about his early days on uh, in Second City, also in Saturday Night Live, and his, his famous movies that he's been in thro- throughout his life and his career. But he also gets into his uh, his private life, where he talks about how he lost his eldest brother and both of his parents by the time he turned 20 years old, and how he most recently lost his wife of 30 years to cancer. So it, it's a bit of a roller coaster, but it really lets you inside of the uh, mind of the man who you all know and love, Martin Short. Uh, it's a great, great, great listen, so I'd re- really recommend that one. But if there's something else you guys want to listen to, of course, they have over 180,000 different titles that you can listen to. So feel free to listen to whatever else you like. I personally really recommend Martin Short. He's a, he's a comedy legend. He's, he's a titan in, in that regard. And uh, I think it would be a, I mean, it's eight hours and 40 minutes of your time that would be well spent. So give that a shot uh, and let us know what you think. Thanks, Audible, and let's get back to the podcast because there's going to be a little bit more that we need to listen to. So, uh, when did when is Nationals? How far out are you? Um, I as of this past Friday, um, two days ago, I am eight weeks out. So I'm eight okay. weeks out right now. Um, I'm actually ahead of schedule. Um, at this point, I'm kind of like low key freaking out because like I'm so ahead of schedule, and it's like um, you know. My, my struggle's never been coming, you know, getting lean. It's, you know, keeping my mass. Because, you know, right. you, you want to have a certain amount of muscle on you as well. You don't want to be like like a cyclist on a bodybuilding mm-hmm. stage. It's not really kind of counterproductive, you know? Right. So are you still are you still building right now? Or are you sort of, uh, are you feeling good about where you are and you're just in maintain mode at this point? Well, I mean, I can, you can't really build when you're in a caloric deficit, um, you know, meaning that you have um, your maintenance level of calories, and that's the amount of calories you need to take in to maintain where you're at currently. And then anything, right. anything below that is considered a deficit, um, which I'm in right now. Um, anything above your maintenance level is considered a surplus, and that's where you want to be if you're trying to actually put on muscle mass. So right now I'm in a deficit. Um all the building and everything is done at this point. You know, now I'm just trying to polish everything, get tighter, and then present what I, you know, did in the off season on stage. Do you do a like a drastic cut the day before, like a a dehydration cut, like like wrestling or boxers or any kind of fighter would do? Not necessarily a day before, but um, something in um the bodybuilding industry called a water depletion or peak week, Mm -hmm. which would the last week before the show, um, basically what you would in short, what you would do is, um, you start out with like maybe three gallons. You're used to drinking a gallon of water. You start with three gallons of water. And that's the, again, you're drinking a lot of water because your body tries to get back to homeostasis. So it's like, Oh crap, I have way too much water. So it tries to get rid of that water. So I know it's like weird. You have to drink more water to get real water, but that's what you have to do. So it'll flush out not only the three gallons, but any other water, too, because it's in flush mode. 
Meantime, you're actually carb loading. So your carbs might go from 60 carbs to 450. The reason you're doing that is to fill out. It's a term called filling out, which means that your glycogen stores have been depleted. Therefore, your muscle looks like a, um, I don't know, like a freaking water balloon with no water in it. Like it's, it's saggy mm. and it's real small. So when you put those carbs in, it's like a balloon filled with air. It pumps up and you get what's, you know, you look full. And then, you, you know, you start to add sodium and that's when the vascularity comes out. And it's all a science. So all that's done uh, the week leading up to the show last week. Wow. Is there is there any, like, year to year, have you noticed, like, changes in your body where um, your body might have responded one way, you know, to certain exercise and maybe, you know... Uh, now it hasn't or it's not as effective and you have to look for different ways or ha have you sort of seen sort of um, it just sort of continue the way it always has? Yeah, man. Um, it, it's, it's a progression, man. It's just, I feel like it's just any other, just like any other um, thing in life that, you know, the older you get, you know, the more information there is, the more you find out and the more you brush up on it. Um, so to answer your question directly, yeah, there. I don't do now what I did when I was 18, 19, 20. When I was 19, I would walk into the gym, no warm-up, no, warm no stretch, no anything, put 225 on the, on the bar and just get at it. If I did that now, I'd be in the ER. Um, I, have to, <laughs> I have to thoroughly stretch now. You know, I'm, we're 30 now, man. Like, yeah. uh, I have to thoroughly stretch. I have to do all these preventative measures to make sure I stay healthy and stay injury-free. Um, and, you know, my leg training is, is – my training in the hole is different in the fact that now I try to chase a pump, which simply means that I'm trying to pump as much blood into the muscle as possible. Because what happens is, for one benefit, when muscle when blood is pumped into the muscle, it transports nutrients into the muscle. That's one benefit. The second benefit is when the muscle is expanding because of so much blood. You have your muscle, then you have your fascia, and then you have your epidermis, which is your skin. If you overload that muscle with blood and it keeps stretching and stretching the fascia, eventually it's going to become fixed in that position. And that's how you actually have muscle growth. And you're sending nutrition to that muscle in that specific area that you're working. So now my whole purpose is when I go into the gym is to get a pump. because So that's what I try to do versus when I was 19, 20, I was trying to impress whatever girl was in a five, ten mile, ten <laughs> uh, foot radius of me. And I was trying to lose as much weight as possible. So right. the goal has kind of changed over the years. <laughs> I, that was one of my questions for you was uh, gym, gym culture, because um, that's that's something that always interests me. And so I had a, a trainer for a while, and he really instilled that the gym is a place for business. So I. I don't want to say I wear like a dick face or a resting bitch face when I'm in the gym, but I kind of do on some levels. Like I'll say you go there all the time and you see the same people on the same schedule. So be friendly and wave, but I'm really against You're there for a purpose, right? Yeah. Well, and, and time you talk about time management, right? Does I want to get in mm -hmm. and do, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and 15 and, and be done. Um, so if someone asked me for a spot, I'm happy to help, but I get really frustrated when I see people just sitting on a machine chatting or, or like Larry said, young kids going in and, and like looking at girls and then trying to bench to make sure they're, they're you know, being <laughs> spotted. And um, so how do you like what what kind of gym do you train in? How do you how do you deal with 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 those situations? Um, 
at this point in my career, you know, me having a YouTube channel and me kind of being out there and people kind of know who I am a little bit or starting to know, I, I do make it a point now to stop. And, and no matter if I'm feeling like crap, I'm zero carb that day or low carb. And I'm about to, I look like the walking dead. My face is all sunken in. <laughs> if, a, if a kid comes up to me, asks me for advice, I try to take my time. I try to take time out of my day to be able to help them. And I remember when I was that little kid. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the, the gifts that I have and, you know, the reason why I'm here on this earth is to help people. So, you know, I'll go out of my way to be able to talk to anybody who comes up to me, approaches me, and give them advice or help. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it can be painful, man. Like I said, man, I'm, like, three weeks out, and I'm so tired. I'm chewing gum to stay awake. I'm living off black coffee. Yeah, it gets it gets it gets pretty rough, man. And, and having a social life, um, which I you know I'm in the process of writing a book, and, and it's called um, you know the cost of healthy living. And to kind of capture it, you know, a lot of people struggle is not just a healthy lifestyle itself, but you know the cost, the opportunity cost. You know, right. the social life. You know, your friends mm-hmm. want to go out and party. Your girlfriend wants to go out and do this, and they don't understand why you can't do that. I mean, you can do it in moderation. But, you know, doing it every single weekend is what got you in the place that you're in the first place. So how do you how do you balance that? What does that look like? How does it take shape? What's the kind of conversations you have within that? Um, but as far as like the gym culture in the gym, um, it can be very savage. Um, you know, you're dealing with, you know, a lot of different type of personalities. The gym I go to personally is like a little hole in the wall. Uh, I'm like the dark night, man. When I go... I get into prep, man. I go into Rocky mode, man. I go to little small dungeon gyms. And then all of a sudden, two weeks out, I go to the big gym. And they're just like, oh, my God, you're getting ready for a show. That's right. I'm going to shred it to shred. I'm like, go through shred it. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like my little methodology I do. Um, sometimes I'll cover up like at five, uh, four weeks out, or probably about six weeks out, I'll start covering up. And I don't even look at myself even when I get a shower. Like, I don't even look at myself. And then, like, I just unveil one day at, like, a large gym, and then, you know, it's pretty cool. So, it's fun, dude. Shower in the dark. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, real quick, guys. Uh, I'll be right back, so just keep it rolling. Oh, I see how it is, Zach. Um, So, what kind of supplements do you take? So, I know you talked a bit about, you know, shakes and and other nutritional for, for gaining muscle um, but uh, you know, I feel more so people are still looking for that magic pill or, or drink this and you'll be jacked as shit. Um, so how do you feel about the world of, of supplements and protein, creatine and, um, all the other, you know, pills, I guess you can take fat burners, etc. Like, how do you, do you, do you use those at all? How do you feel about them? Um, or do you think it's all kind of a bunch of snake oil and you can't replace dedication and clean, clean eating and commitment to the gym? Um, all of the above, man. I mean, I, I feel that they have a certain place, um, if used, um, you know, the right way. But think, the biggest thing that I see is people um, don't understand the definition of supplement. And supplement means to aid. You know, mm-hmm. you have some guys who take nine scoops of whey or, you know, they do all these things. And I'm like, man, like. You know, there's nothing, first of all, there's nothing better than whole food, right? But if by chance you're working at a, at, a, at a factory and you can't, you know, have that many breaks or, you know, right after you work out, if you want to throw a shake back, absolutely. Because, you know, that gets into your, your bloodstream quickly if you take a shake right after you work out. And, you know, protein synthesis happens almost immediately with the shake. 
Um, but you don't want to do it in excess. In other words, you don't want to become dependent upon supplements. Um, as far as fat burners, I tell people to try to get as far as you can um, without them in your when you're dieting. And um, you kind of use them, you know, as um, at the tail end. They kind of give you a little boost at the tail end. Um, that's how I typically would like, you know, you see people use fat burners. And that's how I use them myself if I do use them. Um, creatine is probably the one thing that I will vouch for for sure. The, it's Creatine monohydrate, it's very effective. Um, it will increase your strength, bar none. That is the one supplement other than whey protein that I will say definitely take it. This it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Um, a lot of people, you know, say that, oh, water retention. It's not, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of blogs out there that tell you about water retention, um, creatine monohydrate. Yes, you have to drink a lot of water with it, but you might want to look at your diet before you try to accuse creatine of that. Um, but creatine is an incredible supplement. And if you're training, you're going to the gym, then you're doing the extra mile, just like if you have a performance car, you want to put premium fuel um, in your tank. Because we're asking so much of our bodies outside of what is normal, then we have to supplement to be able to make up the difference. Um, so supplementation is not a negative thing. Just make sure you do your homework and understand what you're putting in your body and make sure you don't do it in excess. Um, so that'd be my advice. But for me personally, on um, a right, typical day, um, I'll take a whey isolate. Ice, the whey isolate typically doesn't have hardly any carbs in it, any sugars or anything like that. It's just pure whey. Um, so I'll supplement with that. My vitamin, my vitamin game is crazy though. My vitamin game, um, I take a calcium, magnesium, and zinc pill. Um, and you know, I, I typically do that. It keeps me regular. Um, and it, it's also really good for, um, joint health as well. I'll take a multivitamin every single day. Um, but I've got fish oil for heart health. It also helps lubricate the joints, stuff like that too, because it don't make it threes in it. Um, I take a L-arginine pill, which is good for blood circulation and blood flow. Um, I usually take it right before the gym. And that's really about it as far as supplements. How, uh, so the big, the big question that people are, you know, probably waiting to hear, um, especially this, the stigma around, around your sport is steroid use, um, in general. So obviously not a direct question to you, but how do you feel about it's, it's use in in your profession in that in that sport um and do you do you see it as cheating Cause zach and i've talked about it a few times and it's come up in the podcast a few times around prof- other professional sports um and i maybe take a different viewpoint than most people is that i don't i don't think that it should be a banned substance i guess i don't know if it's if you can do it and it's it's pushing you like if i watch I mean, you, you talk about WWF when we're kids watching it, like all those guys, most of them probably juicing. Um, but you hear about it in baseball all the time. And I don't like the Barry Bonds issue and, and hitting all those home runs. How do you how do you feel about steroids in in your world or in, in the professional sport world in general? Oh, my goodness, man. man. I don't know if we have enough time, man. You asked you <laughs> asked the right person. Man, I'm telling you, um, I'm, I'm so uncandid. Um, no, I mean. Listen, it's part it's part of bodybuilding, it's part of sport. Um, and I, I'll tell you this, man. The guys who are at the elite level, who are the pros and stuff like that, um, 
and they take it. You know, they all do. And, and, and the thing of it is, people want to say that it's cheating, but is it really when everybody is taking it in the sport that you're in? You know, mm-hmm. now granted, they have untested, they have natural shows. There's a natural bodybuilding um, federation, right? Well, I didn't know and, that. That's pretty yeah. cool. But I mean, that's the equivalent to overseas basketball. Who's the <laughs> who's who's the most popular overseas basketball player? Don't don't oh, worry, don't worry, awesome. I, don't worry, I wait. Nobody knows, right? Everybody knows who LeBron James is, right? So that's yeah. why you know people bodybuilders they, they hardly ever want to go to the natural organizations because nobody knows who they are. They are, you know. Um, but you know, people are quick to dismiss somebody's physique or you know their hard work because oh, it comes it comes down to drugs, it comes down to the P, PEDs, performance enhancing drugs, right? Here's the thing about that: if you go to your local gym, sixty five percent of the men in that gym are taking stuff, and you ask yourself, well, well, they don't look like the guy in the magazine, yeah, because the guy in the magazine has elite, and I mean elite genetics, right? Um, the equivalent to LeBron. I could give you LeBron's coach. I could give you his shoes. I could give you his diet. You're not going to play as good as LeBron. You're just not. You know, he. that's what this man was born to do. Is that Definitely right? not me. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's, and, you know, it's the same with PEDs, man. Um, people think that, you know, nowadays you have kids who get their gym membership on Monday and then get their gear on Friday. And they think that they're going to, you know, automatically just mysteriously be in these magazines because that's, that's all it is, right? Um, not understanding this, the science behind it, understanding that bodybuilding is very much a genetically driven sport. Um, you know, at the local level, maybe, uh, once you start getting to the national level where everybody's good, um, that's what really makes the difference, man, is genetics. And that's how you become a professional and the elite, um, is going to set you apart. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who, anybody can get ripped and shredded, man, but, you know, having certain type of shape of muscle and around full muscle bellies and i don't know i have a 27 inch waist and um, you know my shoulders are uh, 50 inches you know um that's genetics you know it's just it's not something you can train to get i mean you can try to minimize it by or you try to maximize it by getting bigger shoulders but you're you know you're just not naturally going to have 27 inch waist and you know 44 inch shoulders if you don't genetically predispose to have that um so you know, I challenge people who have a negative light about PEDs to go look in your grandfather's cabinet. Um, next to the Viagra, there's going to be um, probably testosterone, um, test E, TRT program, because the older you get, you know, as a male, um, your test starts to plummet. And when mm-hmm. you go to your doctor, your doctor finds this out, they put you on what's called a TRT program, a testosterone replacement therapy program. Um, to be able to at least get your testosterone up to natural and uh, natural healthy levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm telling you is these these PEDs were originally created for people to be able to either a help them with their testosterone levels or b help them um, post op surgery be able to recover faster because that's what they do. They help you recover faster. So you still have to do the work. You still have to do I, the, I think that's the issue. Yeah, you still have to do the work. But now, instead of maybe two late days and you feel like you're about to die, you can do maybe three. You know, and, and, it, and it helps shuttle the protein more efficiently into the muscle. Um, so it, it does little things like that. But you still have to work, man. Um, you know, and, you know, it gets a negative, um, you know, light put on it because of when, when the media, you know, um, gets a hold of it. 
It tends to they get the hold of like the worst possible case scenarios. Um, Zach can remember is a wrestler by the name of Big Papa Pump back in the day, <laughs> WWF. Oh yeah, and, like he was just like a freaking freak, and you know, anytime mm-hmm. that he like yelled something, it was Roid Rage and um, Chris Benoit killed. I think he killed somebody, and it was Roid Rage, and yeah. um, you know, you get all these things. But if you, if you break down the scientific properties of all those compounds um, and research it and look at the chemical uh, properties of it. Um, you, you won't find anything there. I mean, there's been more reports of Tylenol being more harmful to people than, than, than um, you know, anabolic steroids ever has. Um, look, look up a documentary called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. And that's what the whole documentary is for. Is, um, it was a journey to try to figure out if steroids are really more dangerous or really as dangerous as what the media or people or, you know, popular belief says they are. Um, it's a very good um, documentary and you'll learn a lot from it. I imagine it's it's like anything and it's where you're getting it from and the quality of whatever it is you're taking and, and how much, like managing, like knowing your body and, and what you're doing, right? It's the For education sure. piece, I think. Like you said, people are lacking that. Absolutely. Education, um, that, that's, and you hit that on the, on the head, man. Like that's all it is, education. Um, and that's anything in life, man. If you're going to do something that could potentially be dangerous, Make sure you're well read on it and you're educated on it for sure. Um, because people in the industry, um, you know, they know that you do more with less, man. You get these horror stories of these 16 year old kids taking an outlandish amount of stuff that Mr. Olympia doesn't even take, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, you know, it's because they think more is better and they're, they're not educated on it. And, um, you know, you have these underground laboratories. They, they, they make, they make it in their kitchen. You don't know what you're getting or you don't know if it's properly dosed. You don't know any of these yeah. things, man. And, and, and it's, 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 it can be scary. Um, but, but yeah, man, like, um, I, that, that's another thing that I would like to do is to be able to educate people. Not in the sense that I'm an advocate that people should take it. Let me, let me be clear. Let me be clear on that. Unless your goal is to become a professional bodybuilder and to, to make a career out of it. Don't do it. I tell everybody, don't do it. Like, um, if you're just trying to go to the beach, you're trying to live regular. Don't. There's no reason why you need to take it. Don't do it. Um, and if you, even if you are wanting to compete at that extreme level, take your body as far as it possibly can naturally. To you know, just try to do that. For there's been natural pros that actually turned pro um, naturally. Um, you know, I mean. You had to have, you know, superior genetics, but, you know, I try to be an advocate, man. I don't want kids taking it. I don't want people taking it unless you're going to step on an IABB uh, stage someday. But you definitely don't take it, man. Yeah. What are, uh, what are some common injuries in your sport and how do you, how do you deal with them? Um, actually, I think I tweaked my shoulder that like, like yesterday. Um, labrum tears, <laughs> pretty common. <laughs> man, no, I have two, so I know. <laughs> man, well, like, I've pretty much had every single type of injury you can, you can think of, just about. Um, and what I can tell you is it's not problem solving, it's problem pre- prevention. Like, that is the number one thing, man. Be well hydrated, stretch thoroughly. It's all about preparation. I'll take 15, 20 minutes when you, you know, just to prepare for what I'm about to do. Um, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. But injuries are very prevalent. It can be devastating. 
and the show prep, getting injured. So, I, you know, my friend wanted me to play basketball the other day. As much as I love to play bas- basketball, I said, no, nah, man, I can't do it, man. You know, I got nationals coming up. I don't want to risk it, you know. And mm-hmm. It's any wrong movement, you know, because, I mean, I'm Zach can tell you I'm ill with the handles. I might break my own ankle. Yeah, it's you're very right. possible. You're right, man. I, I, I'm that skilled, you know. I, you know, I, at, at the height of five, five foot six, you know, I was getting two hands, you know, on the rim, you know. So, yeah. you know. Damn. Yeah, it's probably. I haven't played basketball with you in a long time, but it's probably a lot different playing with <laughs> shredded <laughs> Hulk Junior versus versus Larry, uh, little skinny Larry. We, uh, but yeah, man, we, all the time when we were growing up, that was that was it, man. We'd just be finding stupid ways to get ourselves hurt or almost get ourselves hurt. What about training sick? Um. Okay, this is going to be different from what you should do, which is going to be opposed to what I actually do. Um, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I was in the hospital, and I didn't, you know, I felt like I was dying, like my stomach. Imagine flexing your stomach, but then your stomach won't unflex. That's what it felt like. And I didn't mm. know what the heck was going on. Make a long story short, I ended up in the ER, and, um, you know, they were talking, having conversations about removing my appendix. And I was like, what? I've never had surgery in my life. Um, so make a long story short, they thought it was hepatitis A, which was, is going around in the area that I'm in now. And um, it came back negative. But um, regardless, the next day, I was in the gym. I was back in the gym. The doctor was like, you shouldn't even be doing a show in the gym. There's no way. Like, I don't see how you're going to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. So the next day I was in the <laughs> I'll gym. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, I was in agonizing pain, like, um. I have a pretty strong uh, threshold for pain and on a scale of one to 10, it was probably, I felt like it was like a hundred, like the worst pain I ever felt in my entire life. But, um, you know, they gave me some pain medicine, medicine that day and it took everything in me that day not to go to the gym. Um, but I would tell anybody, if you tweak a muscle or something does not feel right, leave. If, if, if you feel like you've um, pulled something and, you know, it's an ongoing pain, don't go back to the gym until it's healed. If you do go in there, just do stretching and hydrate. Because if you don't do that, I tore my, almost tore my rotator's cuff in 2008, and I did not give it time to heal. It almost took a year and a half for it to heal. Yeah, pushing it and too that's hard. That's how you get two shoulder surgeries. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. like uh, Definitely, if, you, if something does not feel right, take, you know, just take that day off. Just go home. Hydrate, call it a day. I mean, it's not really related. I mean, um, you know, as far as injuries go, I mean, you look at, like, uh, NFL players, like Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Colts. He hasn't played football in, like, 17 months or something. Something ridiculous. It's been a long time. But he had a shoulder injury, and it, I mean, it really does, depending on, how badly you injured, you do got to take your time with it and, and, and make sure you're, you're taking incremental steps to get back to where you need to be. I can speak to that. I mean, my, my labral surgery, it was probably a year before it felt, before I felt trust in it, even still now. And this is three or four years later, I still have issues with it. So that, that's that, you know, listening to your body is important and yeah, you, you want to show that commitment and that dedication but you also you don't want to get to yourself into a point where like i couldn't work out for 
I couldn't use my arm for basically three months. So it's not, it wasn't worth, it wasn't a good trade off. No, <laughs> that's yeah. That's, that does not sound like a, like a good time. Um, Johnny mentioned at the, at the top, um, Larry, what are some things that you like to do right now that are not related to bodybuilding at all? What is something that, you know, you need to get a break from the gym, you need to get away, whatever, um, get mentally get into a different space. What's something else that you, that you like to do? Um, music, man. Um, music is something that maybe not a lot of people knew about that. Um, that part of me, unless you were like a really close friend of mine, but I've been into music since I was like maybe, gosh, 10 years old. And, you know, I'm, I'm a traditionally trained percussionist. Um, when I say percussionist instead of drummer, it means that I can play more than one percussive instrument. So I'm a drum set player. I played um, the marimba. I played Japanese drum. Like, I've played all types of percussive instruments. I was in a world-class percussion group um, in high school. Um, came in third in the world. Um, you know, and then after I got out of high school, I, and I've always been a writer, too. Um, whether that be spoken word poetry. So then one day my cousin was like, you know, like, and I started making, you know, beats, music production. And we couldn't find an artist. He said, man, why don't you get behind the mic? I said, you know what? All right, I can do that. Terrible. Um, but, you know, again, the more and more I practiced, the better and better I got. Um, so in my spare time, yeah, I love to do music. I like making beats. Um, I, I'm also a songwriter. I've written mm-hmm. song, country songs, bluegrass songs, hip hop, R&B, you name it. I've been in all those bands, all those groups. I've song written for um, a lot of people. Um, so in my, in my free time, that's what I typically do. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I so, know you got a you got you got your YouTube thing. You're also saying that you you've been uh, you documenting your journey, and and that's that's sort of another outlet, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I started my YouTube channel in, in hopes to be able to give people some type of um, representation of, of, of what bodybuilding is, but just the lifestyle in general. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, people think that we're mindless meatheads, they're robotic, and we don't have a job or a life, and we just have all this time to, you know, just go to the gym. So I, I vlogged pretty much my whole prep last show, and um, they saw, like, my day-to-day, like, my kids. You know, I was married at the time, I, you know, I... I had to juggle my kids, my wife, my job, the gym twice a day, dieting, preparing meals, like blogging, doing all this. My last week before the show, I literally vlogged every day and uploaded every single day. And, That's awesome. And if you ever see um, any of my videos, like I, I edit, I do edits. Like I, it's not just me in front of a camera. Like I try to make it interesting um, with right. my vlogs. So I do do pretty t- uh, pretty cool edits and voiceovers and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, my day would start at 4.30 a.m. and end at 11, um, that whole peak week, because um, I wow. wanted to stay dedicated to make sure that people got the content so they could kind of have like a, um, a real life representation of what I do. And I vlogged my show and everything. Um, so, yeah, the, my um, YouTube channel is MCS Fitness 1987. And um, MCS stands for Making a Change to Struggle. Um, a lot of times of adversity in my life, the gym has been one consistent thing. And I know that every time I've put my head down and been resilient and persevered through a struggle, it's yielded great benefit. And not only right. that, but um, MCS is the initials of my kids. 
And that that keeps me grounded and focused. And that's my vision and my goal is to be able to um, have them look up to me in a positive light and be able to provide for them and give them a type of life that I didn't have. So absolutely, man, absolutely. What other what other social medias would you would you like to plug? So you you talked about your YouTube. Are you on Instagram or anything else that you you want to share? If people have questions you you've you've mentioned that you have clients so you're obviously doing some some personal training or some some advice giving or, or guiding so where where could some of our listeners find you if they wanted to uh learn more about you hear about what you're at about and then maybe if they can uh um you know get some more advice from you yeah sure so um i'm, I'm definitely very active on ig um I, my ig is mcs underscore fitness uh or you can look up look me up by my name is larry hill and I'm also on um, YouTube, like I was saying before. My YouTube channel is NCS Fitness 1987. Or again, you can look me up my name, Larry Hill. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm extremely active on uh, Snapchat um, just because it's very convenient. Um, so you can look me up by name on Snapchat, Larry Hill, or Urban Royalty 24. Um, but yeah, I do do coaching. Um, I kind of fell into it. So if you want any type of diet plans or advice or anything like that, workout routines, ongoing coaching, I do coaching packages for, you know, three months at a time, um, then, which consists of, you know, programs as far as workouts, uh, meal plans, and, you know, one-on-one Skyping once a week for check-ins. Um, you can hit me up at mcs1987 at gmail.com. I'm sorry, mcsfitness1987 at gmail.com. Awesome, man. Um, I know also in your uh, YouTube videos, you you have some, some promo codes and stuff. Are there uh, any any products that you'd recommend people to, to use? Yeah, um, so I'm sponsored by a company called um, Mad Muscle. So that's M-A-A-D, Muscle. If you go to madmuscle.com and put uh, my discount code, Hill15, and get 15% off at uh, checkout. So, you know, I can vouch for the products, man. The products are really good. It's a new car, uh, company, a startup company, supplement company. Um, it's, it's owned by a husband and wife. And um, okay. they're they're great people. And I like for their, comp- their company stands for an excellent message. And, you know, they're athletes themselves. So it's a company that's built by athletes for athletes. So check them out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will do, Johnny. You have any? Uh, you have any other questions for Larry? I know I, I've been I've been quiet a lot of the time because I I'm just taking it all in, you know, and I'm sort of just mesmerized <laughs> by Larry as well. You know, I just can't I just can't get by it. So, um, yeah. Last, well, I guess the last two questions. Well, that's a real question. Um, what's the deal with the spray tans in? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question, actually. I no, it really that. is. It really is. Um, okay, so the th- here's the thing, man. Like, the stage lights are so bright um, that you have to have a dark, 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 dark tan to be able to be able to be seen. Because, say, even though I'm black, I'm, I'm light skin, I'm caramel, you know. But <laughs> but even if I was dark skin and I went on stage, I would wash out, meaning that you wouldn't be able to yeah. see definition or anything. I would just like glow like a super. So if- so if you're a pasty white boy like me, you'd you'd be lost. Oh yeah, I mean you, you that would just be insane. Like actually, no, no. Like the last show I went, like there was a guy who was like, like really pale. He got on stage and he forgot to tan. It was just like a, it was like you saw all of us standing there, 
and it was like a glow. Like it was like a it was, it was like a ghost. Like you couldn't even see it. It was, it was An like apparition. A, yeah. A... It was it was insane. It was like an orb. Blinding the audience, no, all the yeah. lights just like, bouncing off of them. It's like here's this guy standing next to an orb. A glowing orb. It was insane. But uh no, yeah, so you have to get like a dark tan to be able to A show up in front of the mm-hmm. lights and B so that the judges can see the muscularity, definition, mm-hmm. um, vascularity, separation, to be able to see all that. Because if you see me off stage, I'm like black as a street. But then when I go on stage, I look like I'm my normal complexion. It's insane because mm-hmm. the lights are that bright. So you tan too then? Yeah. You... Have to, yeah. Yeah. Wesley Dang. Snipes would have to tan. Like that's how that's how freaking <laughs> dark these lights are. Like seriously, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. I, I I always kind of imagined it would help with with lighting, but it's just sometimes you see it and it's so over the top. But it makes sense. Yeah, yeah and sometimes you see people who like you know they do it from like you know the neck down. Yeah, but then they got like the crazy white <laughs> face, you know, and you're like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. Thanks a lot, Larry. This has been a a, a fabulous uh, podcast and. Obviously, you're you know a bank of knowledge. Um, I definitely would plug plug people to uh, to check out your social media and and uh, pick your brain more. And and uh, thanks thanks again for coming on. Yeah, sure, and as always, I mean you're you're always welcome. So um, you know we'll put a pin in it for now, but I, I'd love to touch base with you again after competition and, and absolutely see, and see how that went for you and and sort of recap everything and uh, your whole process for for preparing for that and all that. Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime, man. I appreciate you guys having me on here. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Um, I I do a quick wrap-up, Larry, Um, so bear with me through this. Uh, We are on all social media, at Jumbled Podcast. If you want to send us an email, that would be jumbledpodcast at gmail.com. We are on all all the podcasting platforms, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, Player.fm. We're on uh, SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes. If you would so kindly, please head over and give us a rating and review on iTunes. It'd be much appreciated. It helps out a lot. And I uh, want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. because uh, you'd be stupid if you didn't do it. And uh, make sure also to head over to patreon.com slash jumbled and, uh, and give if you if you so choose as well. Um, that's going to do it guys. Uh, but be sure to check back next week for another episode of jumbled your favorite podcast about nothing. See you later guys. That was a good recording. Hey, Larry, just want to say, uh, thanks again for coming on, man. What what do you think of the podcast? It's freaking amazing. <laughs> it's really nice of you, but I mean, you don't have to sugarcoat it. I mean, let me know seriously what what do you think? It's freaking amazing. Okay, now I feel like you're just you're just saying that to be what what do you? Th- it's freaking amazing. You think you really think so?